Hello, Fins Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Fins with Frisch podcast brought to you by Riviera Produce, the best produce company in the nation, the best fruits and vegetables in the nation. If you're looking for fruits and vegetables, you know where to go. Uh, it is a great week in Dolphin Nation. For the first time in 455 days, the Miami Dolphins have played a team with a winning record in Miami. Many people probably thought I was just about to say beat a team with a winning record, but no, I am saying they have played a team with a winning record at home in Miami. Now, they also beat a winning team for the first time in 455 days, but this is a perfect segue into what I want to talk about, which is narratives. The narrative from the talking heads in the media is the Dolphins haven't beaten a team with a winning record since week three of 2022. That's true. The part that they leave out is that they haven't played a team with a winning record at home since week three of 2022. And this week, they finally played a team at home with a winning record. And guess what happened? They won the game. Now, look, this podcast has sort of taken on a structure, I think, over the last month or two. And it kind of goes this way, where I start by making fun of all the idiots that hate the Dolphins because they look like idiots right now. The enemies of Dolphin Nation, you can call them. I spend, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes making fun of them. Then Jeremy comes on, and he will come on today, and we talk Dolphins football. And then a fan of an opposing team comes on, and we talk about the upcoming game. And that's probably going to change in the coming weeks because uh, I don't know any Ravens fans, or I'm sorry, I don't know any Bills fans, and then I don't know any Browns fans or whoever we're going to play in the playoffs, Chiefs fans. Uh, I don't know any... Uh, I guess that's really it, uh, Chiefs. If we see the Ravens again, maybe I'll bring the Ravens fan back on. But I'm a fan of the structure, and, and it's very important because we got we need to stay true to the mission where we hold clowns and idiots accountable. That's exactly what we're going to do today at the beginning of this podcast, and that's how I like starting it. So this week, what you're starting to notice in the media is the media has always hated the Dolphins for some unknown reason. I really don't know what it is. It goes back to like 20... 15, it was just noticeable. Like when the Dolphins started fielding non-terrible football teams, they would still be like, oh no, this is the worst team in the league. And there is the part where the Dolphins haven't had success and we're, we're going to get into that. But there are a lot of other teams that haven't had a lot of success too, right? No one really, it doesn't really get talked about how garbage the New York Giants are as much as, as much as it should. Um, and I think they should be, we, we should always be talking about that. I think everyone should have at least five conversations a day about how bad the New York football giants are. But what you're starting to notice with the haters of the Dolphins is they know that their time is coming. They, they know that they can only speak about certain things for so long. Um, so this week, you heard a lot of the Dolphins haven't beat a winning team. And the reason was they were playing a team with a winning record. So most people knew that even if they don't want to admit it, they knew that this was their last week. And I've been telling them, you know, get all these chirps out now because you're not going to be able to say them soon. This is their last week where they're going to be able to say the Dolphins haven't beat a team with a winning record. Dolphins have now done that. Now, I don't know, right now you're hearing a lot more of they haven't won a playoff game in 23 years. I haven't done the Google research, so, but I bet if you were to, however it is, you can look up terms in Google. If you can look up a phrase, Dolphins last playoff win, Dolphins 23 years. That's being said a lot more. 
Colin Cowherd specifically has been saying that a ton. The Dolphins haven't won a playoff game in 23 years, he says. And he says he doesn't trust the Miami Dolphins to win because they haven't done that in the past. Which makes total sense, especially because he, you know, a team that he thinks is going to do really well in the playoffs is the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions are an established franchise. Everyone knows how much success the Detroit Lions have had over the years. They've won tons of playoff games in the last 30 years. They've won tons of Super Bowls in their franchise's history. And, it, you know, the Dolphins have, and it totally makes sense. Look, in 2007, the Dolphins went 1-15. Cam Cameron was the head coach. The team was terrible. So it totally makes sense. That has a huge impact on what happens in 2023. Especially every, everyone knows the uh, 2016 playoff run that the Giants had because the Giants had beat the Patriots in 2007-2011 and they beat the Packers on the way to beating the Patriots both times. So Eli Manning versus the Packers in Green Bay, obviously they were going to win that game and that's what happened. The Giants in 2016, they went into Green Bay, they didn't lose 38-13, to they won that game and then they went on to beat the Patriots who were terrified of playing them in the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm just kidding. None of that happened. I know everyone knows that, but I just have to make it clear because uh, talking positively about the Giants, even if it is sarcastic, sickens me. And um, obviously the Lions have been garbage forever. So I, you know, and again, this is a weekly thing. We, we point out the hypocrisy of the media. And this week it's, I, this is the first week where coming to Clown of the Week, usually someone makes a late push to win Clown of the Week, right? Like, usually the games happen on Sunday, then you have the Monday night game, and then on Tuesday someone says something stupid, and then on Wednesday someone says something stupid, and now here we are on Thursday, and Colin Cowherd has just this week, he, I've never seen an individual want to win Clown of the Week so badly. I mean, this guy, he was saying stupid things before the game, he was saying stupid things after the game, and then he doubles and triples and quadruples down on this stuff, okay? So, let's talk about... Before we get into Cowherd, uh, I want to talk about the narratives that are about to be destroyed. So, again, this week it was the, you know, the winning, uh, beating the team with a winning record. In three weeks from now, because we're going to have the first round bye, it's going to be the playoff win. So you're going to hear a lot more of this 23 years without a playoff win. After that, uh, well, we'll be in the AFC Championship. So it'll be the Dolphins haven't been to a Super Bowl. They can't do this. They haven't been in this position since whatever, 19, whatever year it was. And they're not going to win the Super Bowl because of that. And then when they get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be, you know, people are going to be saying, yeah, well, they're not going to win. They haven't won a Super Bowl since 1973. And it's just going to continue. And finally, they will have to admit defeat in February. I mean, even then, they'll probably say it's a down year. Um, I've never seen a team try to, that people try to discredit a team like this, uh, especially like, when it comes to Tua MVP today, you're hearing people in the media, you're hearing Greg Jennings who said that Daniel Jones is a top 10 quarterback and scoffed at the idea that Dak Prescott was better than Daniel Jones, say that even if Tua goes and beats Lamar Jackson this week, he shouldn't win MVP because Tyreek Hill's on the team, even though Patrick Mahomes won an MVP with Tyreek Hill. Um, so again, a lot of discrediting, and as we've talked about, it's a results-based world. At the end of the day, the Dolphins are 11-4, and and there's nothing that Colin Coward or Greg Jennings can do about it. So with that said, let's get into Colin Coward. So the, there's two important things to know about Colin Coward. Colin Coward, one, is an absolute idiot. He's one of the stupidest people to ever walk this planet. Um, I'm surprised he's not a Giants fan because that's his intelligence level. Those are the people with similar intelligence levels to him. Uh, but he's also really confident about his stupid, the stupid things that he says. So before the week, and, and this kind of 
Colin Coward's kind of the most extreme example of media members talking about the Miami Dolphins, but it kind of sums up what people in the media, how people in the media treat the Dolphins. So going into the week, Colin Coward has been going with this all year, how the Dolphins are a fake Gucci bag. He does that stupid smirk and says it, thinks he sounds so smart. He said Miami's a fake Gucci bag. They're a $40,000 millionaire. And then he says the Cowboys are a real Gucci bag, you know. And then here's why he's a clown. It's not just that he predicted a blowout and then doubled down on the Cowboys being better after the game. Um, and that is a terrible look for him. But he was listing reasons why the Cowboys are well, – why the Cowboys have multiple elements of a Super Bowl team that the Dolphins don't have. One of the elements he names is an elite pass rush. The Cowboys, if Colin Cowherd cared to do a simple Google search, you would think working for Fox Sports, there's one individual who works with him on a show that would literally just go on Google. He would find out that the Cowboys pass rush, and as elite as it is, is 11th in the league in sacks. The Dolphins pass rush is second in the league in sacks. That was going into the game. Now look, I don't personally know Colin Cowherd, and I haven't had a chance to ask him this, so some might wonder, what does he mean by elite? There's 16,000 high school football teams in the United States. Presumably, the Cowboys have a better pass rush than all of them. So if you take every football team in the world, uh, there's thousands of them. The Cowboys are 11th in the whole world in as far as effectiveness of, the, of their pass rush. So it is elite in that sense. But if you're comparing it to the other National Football League teams, they're 11th out of 32 teams. They're good. They're in the top third. Uh, but they're not as good as the Dolphins. So Colin Coward, there, just not doing his research or knowingly lying to the people. Uh, the se- another element he listed was the Cowboys have an elite playmaking receiver. Well, Colin, the Dolphins also have one of those. Uh, they actually have two of those. And Tyree Kill, the Dolphins playmaking receiver, is a much better playmaking receiver than CeeDee Lamb, even though CeeDee Lamb did have a thousand y- or a hundred yards in like two drives, whatever it was, 95 yards. Um, so yeah, the multiple elements that the Cowboys have that make them a Super Bowl contender that Colin Coward listed, the Dolphins have better versions of that. And it wasn't just that he was either dishonest or too stupid to do his research on, you know, the state of the Cowboys and Dolphins talking about the state of the teams, his prediction for the game, the opposite, almost the opposite happened. So he says the Cowboys are going to blow out the Dolphins. That's what he said. He said 10 to 12 points. Uh, and they're going to comfortably win. The Dolphins win the game. The Dolphins didn't blow them out. That would be the opposite. But his prediction was wrong. And then even the little predictions. He said that Tua was going to have no time to throw and get sacked seven to eight times. Tua took one sack the entire game. Uh, Dak Prescott was going to have all day to throw, have a ton of time. Dak Prescott was sacked four times. And you can take into account that Dak Prescott... Would, would have been sacked a fifth time. Oh, no, actually, it wouldn't have been. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I was thinking that the roughing the passer was a sack. It wasn't a sack. It was after the play. So, but four sacks to one in favor of the Dolphins' pass rush, where he predicted that the Cowboys were going to have seven to eight sacks. The Dolphins were going to only get sacked once. And finally, yeah, we get into the excuse-making, because that's what people like Colin Cowherd do. They come out with all these confident predictions. He said, well, Tyron Smith wasn't playing, and the refs screwed Mika Parsons on the rough in the past call. First of all, we all saw the Miami Dolphins play in a rigged football game against the Philadelphia Eagles and get screwed. 
We saw the Dolphins lose by a touchdown to the Chiefs where they had a fumble six on a play that probably would have been ruled incomplete if uh, Patrick Mahomes was throwing the ball. And, yeah, so we've seen the Dolphins get screwed by the refs multiple times. He talks about one roughing the passer call on Mika Parsons, even though the Dolphins had a roughing the passer call of their own that was garbage against Christian Wilkins, where Wilkins put his arms out to try to stop himself from landing on Dak. Dak pulls him down on top of him, then looks at the ref for a call and gets it. So Colin Coward says, well, Tyron Smith wasn't playing and the refs were bad. Um, and to that I would say, well, yeah, Tyron Smith wasn't playing. You know who else wasn't playing? Who wasn't there on the final drive where the Cowboys' ferocious pass rush was out there? Four starting linemen for the Miami Dolphins. Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we were missing Javon Holland and Jerome Baker. But you wouldn't hear a guy like Colin Coward mention any of that. So a guy like Cal- Colin Coward... At the very best, is just a stupid guy. At the very worst, is a dishonest guy that knows exactly what he's doing. So Colin Coward, not a smart individual, probably not an honest individual, but he is the Week 16 Clown of the Week. So congratulations, Colin. You are the Clown of the Week in Week 16, and you would have a difficult time finding a larger clown than yourself at a street fair circus or the birthday party of a young child. Before we bring Jeremy on, I just want to say a couple of things to the Miami Dolphin haters. There's a guy out there, and many people are coping. There's a guy out there, he may be listening, he may be not, but you know know who you are if you're out there. Uh, This guy's a Giants fan, and he's texting me, he's randomly saying that he's reading books about the Giants, talking about their 07 Super Bowl runs, and then he just randomly says, he goes, I'm content if I never see another Super Bowl again because of how great the 07 run was and how great the 2011 run was. And he was like, and we did this, 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 and this. No, we did all those great things. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But in reality, that's not true because if you didn't care if the Giants were going to win another Super Bowl, you wouldn't have been watching the games for the last 12 years or 13 years, however long it's been. And the reality is since 2007, there have been whatever, like 16 or 15 other Super Bowls that were won by other teams. and Everyone sort of views the Giants as a garbage organization. And to all the Dolphin haters out there, I just want you to know that I hope the next six weeks are the most miserable weeks of your life. And actually, if the Dolphins win the Super Bowl, which I predict right now that they will, I plan on hopefully making your life as miserable as I possibly can when it comes to NFL football until next September when the Dolphins start their quest for a second Super Bowl in a row. So I just wanted to say that message, never pass up an opportunity to take a dig at the New York Giants franchise or people who disrespect your NFL football team. And with all that said, we are going to bring Jeremy Hawk on and we are going to discuss the next few weeks of Miami Dolphins football. Jeremy, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again, Jack. Well, one of the best times of the week doing this little talk and podcast with you, especially coming off of um our big win like we did Sunday. Happy to dive deep into it. Excited to dive deep into it. Yes, sir. Yeah, very exciting. And uh, once again, we, we're sort of on opposite directions. After the game, I was I was pissed. I was angry. I'm an angry person. I was like, we played terrible, and you were like, we got the win. That's all that matters. And we were talking earlier today. I've had some time to – sort of back up and like look at things perspective the Niners got blown out uh the Chiefs lost and the only contender or contenders that looked good really this week were the Ravens and 
I, I guess the Lions, like the Lions beat the Vikings. They were in Detroit, uh, or I'm sorry, they were in Minnesota, but they beat them by a possession and they were playing against Nick Mullins. And if you watch that game, which I was because I had Ty Chandler in fantasy, the Vikings are terrible. That's a side note. Ty, start Ty Chandler, and the team didn't give him two carries in a row at any point in the game. Coach O'Connell insists on throwing with Nick Mullins, but anyway. Uh, that's not the topic of this podcast. But, yeah, so I, I think that they got a win that they needed to get. It wasn't pretty, but I, I, I'm happier than I was after uh, the game Sunday. What about you? How are you feeling? Yeah, um, yeah, you're, I think you're spot on how we kind of went opposite directions on it. I mean, at the end of the day, they did what they were supposed to do. They won a big football game, which they've been criticized for nonstop. And they, they, they took care of business. It was not the prettiest of games. We won with some – out of ordinary ways we normally win. We won with our kicker. We won with some of our defense and some big plays and a little bit of luck involved in there. But, like, hey, like, to win big games like that, like, luck's got to be in your favor. Some of the games we've lost in the past this year, like, you look back at some of the other games. Like, you look back at the Chiefs game, like that Tyreek fumble, like, that play could have easily been blown dead or, like, not going to happen. Like, all these games requires a little bit of luck, requires a little bit of ugliness to win. But um, which is which is basically there's more good things to take away from this game than bad things, without a doubt. This team showed that they could they could win ugly, which I was impressed about. They don't have to play their perfect football game to win. Um, I think it was big, like kickers are kickers, but like I think it was big to get like some confidence instilled in Sanders, go especially going into the playoffs, like him seeing like he's actually capable of making some 50 yard field goals, which nobody in the Dolphins fan base, or probably him or his teammates, believed he could do. But now he's got some confidence instilled to him, which is only a good thing. And, and, and yeah, we've showed that we could win when we're definitely missing some of our pieces. I thought our O-line looked good, even though you're seeing all this stuff on Twitter. They missed some holds. It's all BS. Like, I don't care. We got screwed every week for the past 23 years. But I don't know, man. It was definitely an, it was, it was an ugly win, but they found a way to do it, which is all that matters. There's some things that need to be better that we could talk about coming up. I know you're kind of in the same wavelength as me. And, like, you're right. It's all put back in the perspective almost. And you see what's happened with some of these other teams. When you look at the 49ers, who everybody was just like regarding as this team that was unstoppable, they're going to win out the rest of the season. They go out and lose. So week by week league, they took care of business. And now it's on the next week against Baltimore, which is now again, the biggest game of the season. Well, the funny thing is this about the Cowboys who, again, I don't think the Cowboys are good. And again, I say everyone sucks, but I'm talking relatively. I think we're, we're the best team in the league. So that's why everyone sucks. I say Dallas sucks. Cause I think they're, a, probably a second tier team. I think tier one is really just us, San Francisco, Baltimore, maybe just us in Baltimore after last week. But the whole thing is Dallas at worst is the seventh best team in the league, right? Like you've got us in Baltimore, then you've got San Francisco, Philly, and Detroit. Kansas City's awful, but let's just even throw Kansas City in there. Dallas, oh, and, and Buffalo. So they're at worst the eighth best team in the NFL. And when you're in that top eight range, you're not blowing it. You're not getting blown out. That's why you're one of the better or best teams in the league. The Dallas is a 10 win teams. Dallas happens to be probably the only team that gets blown out of the eight that I just named, um, except for Philly against San Francisco. But it's hard. I, I think going in that game, I was expecting to win by 20 because, and I forget my exact score prediction, just because Dallas got waxed the week before. But the reality is they're fighting for a division title. They were going to have to win out to get it. Uh, they just got waxed, and generally teams bounce back after something like that unless they're terrible. And I'm frustrated because we didn't play well. 
But it's hard to put together a perfect clean game when the other team's pretty good too. And we were missing guys, which look, we're hoping to get all those guys back. And and overall, I'm happy. Um, we got the win. I think they needed this. They needed to I think the narratives were getting to them a little bit. You saw it on the first play, Tyreek Hill dropping a 95-yard touchdown because no one ever can criticize Tyreek Hill for doing things like that. Um, and then the quarterback comes back the next play and throws a dot to Waddle um, for 50 yards. But I think I'm overall I'm pleased with where we're at and uh, ready to turn the pages. We've got a major game this week. Major, and I 100% agree with you. We talked about, like, I don't think Dallas is very good at all either. They're, they're, they're a good team. We took care of business. We won a home game when we were favoring, which we were supposed to against a team that we were definitely better than. We just could have definitely looked better in certain ways. We could have capitalized on, on some, of those, some of those possessions a lot more instead of kicking field goals. We could have ran the ball a little bit more, I think. But, um, hey, they figured out a way to win, and that's all that matters. They came out the two-point victory, and now it's on this week, and – a huge fucking football game this week, man. I'm 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 pumped up. This big one o'clock game in Baltimore, dude. A, a, a lot on the line. Let's freaking go, dude. Every, everything's on the line. The AFC is on the line. The the one seed is on the line, and I think they're again. I I think we're a lot better than Baltimore. And I was just like going more broad here, just looking at all these teams this weekend. Kansas City looks terrible, and Bel. And the Patriots, because we've kind of compared Kansas City to the Patriots, and it's like, oh, the Patriots would always not be great late. Kansas City, you know, sometimes they don't play well late. The Patriots never won a Super Bowl when they won less than 10 games. And it was a 16-game season. So with six losses, they didn't win Super Bowls. Kansas City looks awful. Their team's mm-hmm. awful. The only guy they have is Mahomes. They don't even have – like, Kelsey's not that good anymore. He's still top three tight end. He's not Travis Kelsey of three years ago. And their receivers suck. And their defense isn't even that good anymore. Um, but I looked around the league. I really didn't think Baltimore was that good. And I, I'm just, I thought San Francisco was the most complete team in the league. Uh, and they're, they looked awful at home in a high stakes football game, which that was, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit of Lamar versus the NFC, but I really think these are the two best teams in the league. And, you know, all year I've been saying, I don't even think the Ravens would be here if there was one other starting quarterback in their division that didn't play for the Steelers. Um, and, and I feel great. I think that as far as a Super Bowl, I think it'd be disappointing if we didn't win it because I really think this is top to bottom the best team in the league. And yeah. it also, it, they got to prove it this Sunday. Mm-hmm. 100% prove it this Sunday. They have, they, have, they have multiple opportunities to really keep putting themselves on the map. Like, I think they, we've proved the past couple weeks, especially like, we're capable of playing physical football. That's what I saw in the Dallas game, which I loved. I thought we were super physical all game. We were getting to the quarterback. We were winning in the trenches. We are winning in the line of scrimmage. And that's how you beat a team like Baltimore, beat a team like the 49ers. Like, San Fran's considered, like, this most the most physical team people have seen. And then, like, Baltimore just goes in their house and just completely outmatches them and outstrengths them. Like, I'm really curious to see, like, how strong, how physical we really are. I think we're very capable of winning a physical matchup like that because we do have the guys. We are coached that way to play physical football. Like, I'm really curious to see, like, this Baltimore game, I feel like it's going to be another one of those ugly games where it's just, like, it's one of the trenches. Who's going to be more physical? Who's going to get those extra two, three yards? Like, like this back in this, I was just, like, just so – that's one of the things I was, like, really impressed about in this Dallas game. I kept, I kept feeling, like, all these – there were so many plays where, like, the Dolphins of the past – 
would catch a ball behind the line of scrimmage or just like a play would be dead and they'd end up like losing yards being stopped behind the line of scrimmage like they're figuring out ways now all these guys they have the players they have physical players who are just figuring out how to gain like an extra two three yards and be able to put themselves in better situations to succeed like and that's how like that's what good that's what good teams do dude like it doesn't always have to be pretty it doesn't always have to show up on the stat sheet but like, those extra two three yards like really means something. It's something we've continuously done and gotten better at the past couple of weeks. And we've done it so many times. It's a game of inches, dude. Like you saw like the Dolphins of old, like last week, Tony Pollard, like that ended up being a game changing play. We didn't score. Like Deshaun Elliott made an insane play, stopped him. Like everybody in the fan base is like, oh, like terrible drive. We let them march and like, oh, we should just let them score, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden there's a fumble in the next play. So like, this is like team, like this is stuff I'm seeing that the Dolphins haven't done in the past that like, they're really emphasizing the point, like every play and every inch really does matter. And that's what great physical football teams do. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny, brother. I haven't thought of that in so long because it's been a while since it was like this. That was watching the old Dolphins, like the pre-2020 Dolphins, really. Um, it, it was always our players never break tackles and our defenders never tackle anybody put like Tony Pollard. If he played against the 2014 dolphins, 130 yards, two touchdowns, 57 broken tackles. And yeah, no, they they've taken a huge step. And I, and that's what I think. I think we're just, you look at everywhere on this team, right? Especially when we get, think about the guys we were missing last week. Jackson didn't uh, start Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt didn't start. I'm only talking about the guys who are coming back. Um, so that's two starting line. That's two good starting linemen. That's two very good starting linemen. Um, Jerome Baker is out. He's going to come back. Javon Holland is out. He's going to come back. And then Jalen Waddle was out for most of the game. He on the last drive and, and Mostert too. On the last drive, Waddle and Mostert weren't out there. They figured it out, and like everybody in the round, it's just like this. Something this team's just like. People just only, like, crap on the Dolphins. It's, it's, like, insane. If anybody else is in that same situation, like, they lost, the big excuses made for them nonstop. But, like, you know, after this game, you're looking at, like, the media, they're, like, all they're talking about is, like, Dallas and, like, how they beat themselves. They did this. It's something about the Dolphins, like, stepping up without their guys, other guys filling into their shoes and, like, winning a big football game with your second and third string players. They're the only team in the league that, like, doesn't get like rewarded for that. Like who cares? It's better off that way. They shouldn't be rewarded for anything. Like our goal is to win a freaking Super Bowl. Like not be rewarded by the media. It's just I think it's like super funny. You have like our friends who were on the Cowboys podcast last week and they're sending us pictures. They're sending us tweets before that Tyrone Smith that is out and the game's over. Like it's only them that like their their guys are injured. Like it's football. It's week 16. Everybody's freaking hurt in the league. Like everybody's hurt. Like you play through injuries. It's the next man up like it's nonstop excuses. And like this team just keeps ignoring everything, like ignoring these excuses. Yes. And they just keep producing and keep, and they're winning. Like it, it's very impressive, dude. Like they're not listening to any of the BS in the media. I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. And it, look, I mean, that's kind of, you knew how, how it was. Me. I don't know why the media hates the dolphins so much. Maybe it's because their success before we were born. Like, I guess, but it's weird. Like the media doesn't hate the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And the Dolphins weren't really the Patriots, but it's like this team has gotten so much hate. Like everyone loved Tua when he was in college. The second we drafted him, he was the worst quarterback ever. Every single play, like his second game, they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's a bust. Meanwhile, they prop up every single garbage quarterback now. Like every quarterback that sucks that's come out, which has been 
every quarterback in the league that was drafted since 2021 besides C.J. Stroud. They're like, oh, yeah, this guy is great. This guy is great. Yeah, it's the system. But we're still talking about Justin Fields as if he's good and he's terrible. But, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins are – they. I think we're as banged up as – we have normal injuries when it comes to guys on IR, like Phillips and Connor Williams. When you have a great team, you're going to lose guys like that. And, wait, like, the Ravens are without Mark Andrews. And I think that as far as the guys who have been questionable, we're probably near the top of the league and guys who are game time decisions every week. But you got to assume those guys are going to be ready to go for the playoffs. So I think we not only are in a great position where we can get the one seed and finish with the best record in the NFL or tied for the best record in the NFL, but we could do that having not really had the full team that we're going to have going to the playoffs. And maybe we lose another player, but as long as two and Tyreek are out there, you got, you got to assume that if, if you had to guess, it's more likely we're going to have more than we have now in the playoffs that, than less. And yeah, it's funny to see like a guy like Tyron Smith is a game changing, but maybe he is, but so is Javon Holland. So is Jalen Waddle. So, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're spot on. Yeah. 100%. Dude. Like, it's I don't know. It's just back to like the media thing you're saying, but like people just hate the Dolphins. Like it's freaking insane, but like it does make sense too. Like this is a fan. Like we've been fans for 23 years. We've held hope for 23 years, and this team just constantly sucked. And like we're always looking for like some sort of like confirmation, which I, that's like the Dolphins like thing. But like it's it's, it's so I'm like listening to Colin Cowley. Like saw a Colin Coward clip today. Like I'm sure you watched that. Like he's a I saw yeah for clown of the week. I was just like saying, oh, Miami's always looking for constant validation. They've been bad for 23 years. This is after saying, like, we're going to get smoked by the Cowboys. Like, you can't even give credit where credit's due. It's like, oh, it's the same Dolphins of the past. Blah, blah. It's not. Like, A.J. Feely's not a quarterback anymore. There's no more Joe Philbin coaching and Adam Gase. Like, it's a completely different team. It's like all that stuff's in the past now. Like, we live in the present. Like, who cares about the narratives? Who cares what people are saying about us? Like, I kind of like it that, like, we're not flying under the radar, but like it's, I, I love the disrespect, dude. It's good. It fuels the team. It's nice. No, and it also fuels the podcast because you know what we're doing. We're we're holding idiots accountable. We're holding clowns accountable. But yeah, well, no, I'm saying I understand why. I guess a guy like Coward would say, uh, "Yeah, I don't trust the Miami Dolphins." But I don't understand. We've sucked for so long. Like everyone loves the Lions because they sucked for so long. That's it. Like everyone, everyone's all over the lines. Like why I, I don't understand why they hate us so much, but whatever. I love it because I hate the sports media and the sports media hates the dolphins and it makes me hate them even more. So it's perfect. Um, 100%. It makes it a little more fun. Yeah. It makes it awesome. And as far as being a complete team. So I, I, I just looked at this uh, in real time. So maybe I'm off by a number here somewhere, but. Passing offense, rushing offense, defensive pass, uh, passing defense and rushing defense, yards per game, Baltimore, Miami, San Francisco, Kansas City. The only team that's top 10 in every single phase is the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are top five in every phase besides um, pass defense where they're 10. And, I mean, this applies to all these teams, but you play in a lot of blowouts, you wrap rack up garbage time yards um but everyone and this this is what i wanted to get to is all these teams are flawed somewhere i think besides us like passing offense right baltimore's 21 we're one san francisco's two kansas city's four so that's baltimore's worst phase of the game is their passing 
They don't have an elite pass. Rushing offense, um, Baltimore, that's what they're lead at. They're one. San Francisco, four. Miami, five. That's Kansas City's flaw. They're 20. Everyone loves Pacheco, but they're not an elite running team. Uh, defending the pass, Baltimore, again, Baltimore's top 10 everywhere else. They're sixth. This is San Francisco's flaw. They're 16th at defending the pass. Kansas City, two. We're 10. And then defending the run, Baltimore's actually 12th in run defense, uh, which and you'd expect them to be higher. Um, Kansas City is let me let me verify that. Uh, uh 13th, actually. I would think they'd be higher. Uh San Francisco's third and Kansas City's 18th. So that's what I was so that's what I'm saying about this being a Super Bowl team and this Sunday. Like I would like it to be uh, it's not gonna be a shootout. I think our offense, if they play how they're capable of playing, I don't think Baltimore can keep up with us keep up with us i think we're, we're more likely to win their type of game than they are to win our type of game this sunday yeah, and i think absolutely. it's like that sorry go ahead go ahead. you go all you i was just gonna say i agree yeah i was just gonna say i think it's like that for any game where and where every team is flawed and it's funny kansas city beat us in an ugly game earlier this year um but i think we can win any type of game and a lot of teams can't i don't think baltimore can win a shootout they did against the la rams I don't think they can against us. Uh-huh. I agree with you. My only concern, Frisch, I agree. Like, all those, like, quantitative, like, statistical backups that you had are great. Like, I, those are things, like, I didn't know. Like, at, like, pass defense, rushing off, all that stuff. Like, where they rank is extremely impressive. Like, and they're probably the most balanced team in the league. I agree with that. The only area where I think they're still flawed, but this could – I could be proven to be completely wrong, like – we still have a really young head coach who still hasn't coached in big games yet relative to some of these other great teams where you have Andy Reid and KC, like Harbaugh is the Ravens, and Harbaugh and the Ravens, and like Shanahan, Sam Fran. Like these are proven coaches who have like coached big games. They made big play calls. Like like McDaniel's show in the past, like at times he tries to get a little fancy, he tries to get too creative, and is too smart for his own good where he overthinks things, can't get a playoff, doesn't run the right play, so on and so forth. I was impressed this weekend in the Cowboys game, how at the end of that final drive, like even though like Tua didn't do anything insane, like he did what you're supposed to do as like a game manager, as a coach, as a starting quarterback, as a head coach, like he put his guys in the right position just to get down the field. They got plays off. They made it simple. They made it easy. They got the ball into their best players' hands as much as they could. Like that's what good teams do. But like that was one game. I'm not completely sold yet. I need to see more out of McDaniel, more out of Tua to prove to me. And like you could trust these guys and like, a, a, like a, a NFL like coaching battle. That's one thing I still think we're a little bit flawed, but I could prove to be completely wrong in a couple weeks. Like that's something that's the only flaw I see. Whereas like compared to these other contending teams, or like they have an edge over us. So I completely agree with everything you said. I couldn't agree more. You know this. We talk about this all the time. Discipline, and that's so. That's why I'm saying it will be disappointing if this team does not win the Super Bowl because it's going to be on the coaching staff. It's up to 100%. them to get the best out of this team. This is unless unless there's an injury, and this is this was shown this Sunday where it's ha- it's we're going to half. You have three minutes and thirty seconds and two timeouts. If you want to score a touchdown, if you're serious about scoring a touchdown, whatever we were, we were on our twenty or thirty yard line. Then time is not an issue, except leave it to our offense to turn it into an issue, and then we get out of bounds with a timeout and we waste the timeout with twenty seconds left. I was so mad after I, I, I didn't even after we scored. I was still mad. It was halftime. We just scored the touchdown team lead. I was still furious with how with how that went. And 
you saw a lot of that in that game. And McDaniel's saying on hard knocks um, after the Titans game, I need to improve as a play caller. And that's a, after that game, we kept passing um, inside the five. Now he really only runs inside the five. And I think that – so he's a guy that learns quickly, learns quickly from his mistakes. But discipline, clock management, that stuff will end a season. 100%. That will end a season. That's what ended it last year. You can't say it enough. And they're going to need to get better. We have a third and one at whatever it was. I think their 30-yard line. Um, And we pitched the ball backwards out of shotgun and lost yeah. seven yards. I mean, that's freaking – I mean, there. that's – that was the problem with this Sunday. There were so many frustrating things. And I do want to say we're so accustomed to this year just easily going down to score touchdowns. And now it's like, okay, well, we're concerned because um, you know, we didn't score we, we, we didn't score every time we we're down there. We struggled to score points. We only scored one touchdown. We scored twenty two points and a lot of them were field goals. But that's how when you're playing, I think Dallas is fifth or sixth in points allowed, you're not gonna go down and score forty seven. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to be like throughout the entire playoffs. You're not just going to be able to march down and score on these teams. They're all going to be hard-fought battles. And, like, these coaches, like, they're not going to lose their team games. You know John Harbaugh's not losing the Ravens a game. He's going to put them in the best situation to succeed every single time. Same with Shanahan, same with Andy Reid. Like, their clock management, their play calling is going to be spot on the, the entire time. So, like, that's, like, the only thing that – we're lacking a little bit, but like you're right. Like to win a game, to win that game last week, like they needed Sanders to be good. Like if Sa- like obviously like one field goal could have gone another way, but like they 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 need they need everybody to be good and do their part to win that game. It's not always going to be pretty. You need different guys to step up. You're going to win big playoff games, big games in the regular season. Like you're going to have to win in different ways. You're right. It's not always going to be pretty, and just you're not being able to score fifty points on everyone. Yeah, that sounds nice, but like it could happen once in the playoffs. It's not going to happen three times. It's not. No, yeah, you're like you're gonna punt, especially when you play the good team. Like if you're playing the yeah. 2016 Miami Dolphins and you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, then you might not punt. But um, if you're playing a real playoff team, once you get to the divisional rounds, uh, okay, unless I guess the Giants were in the divisional round last year. So if you're in the divisional round and you're not playing Daniel Jones's Giants, um, no. In all seriousness, because um, I don't know how they made it to the divisional round, where like that, it, it, show me the last game in the divisional where a team didn't punt. It happened to the Patriots with Mac Jones and Buffalo did it to them. But again, the Patriots weren't elite. They shouldn't have been there. Uh, to the teams that belong there, you're going to have to punt. You're going to have to play defense. And our defense is great. Bradley Chubb, I know he's been playing great. He he needs to stop missing tackles. I, I know he played, he's been unbelievable. But you have got to freaking tackle the quarterback. You can't yeah. do a, make a spin move and then PFF gives you credit for a pressure. I don't care about that. If you're, if you're, one foot away from Dak Prescott and your Bradley Chubb making $62 billion to play football, to play, to play edge rusher, you, you tackle the quarterback. It's irrelevant. That's what makes like Colin Sexton different than like Kyrie Irving. Like they're both going to get to the basket and get by the de- perimeter defender, but like one finishes every single time at the rim and he's one of the best players of all time. And one's like this guy with people like, Oh, this guy will, it's pretty good. Like he has his moments. Like you need to be able like, you need to be able to execute. You need to get home. Like, that's like that's a key to the game this week, dude. Like we're gonna need to be able to keep Lamar in the pocket and freaking take him down. Like this guy just like he's so slippery and so elusive. Like you gotta get home on him when you have the opportunity to. Like he's obviously gonna get away at points. Like he's gonna do his thing. Lamar is like the best athlete in the league. Like he's a special, special player. I know you like Lamar. You're not the biggest Lamar guy. He's a freaking stud. We both know that. Like 
he's going to have his moments in the game, but like you got to capitalize on opportunities where like you're in the backfield, bring him down when there's three guys around. Don't let him make all this magic. Like that's why I'm a little bit concerned about this week is that's been one of our issues all season is not be able to tackle once we're already home and in the backfield. And that's like the Raven strong suits that Lamar Jackson just doesn't go down. He's the most elusive and slippery player in the league. So like, I'm really curious to see who's going to end up winning that battle. Cause if we just let Lamar do his thing the entire time, we both know it's going to be very hard to win this game. Yeah. I mean, and yes, and to be fair, uh, and I do, you know, that's your spot on. I like Lamar. I don't love him, but I do have a lot of respect for him. He's definitely the best in the league. Um, and I, there's a tweet somewhere on my Twitter and it says, um, it says that the Miami Dolphins offense is not, um, where is right now if Lamar is the quarterback instead of Tua. And I stand by there. Uh, or, sorry, I stand by that. But maybe as far as the pass rush, we do uh, we do miss tackles. and But we're second in the league in sacks with 54. So maybe we're just in the backfield so much. Um, but, yeah, this weekend they're definitely going to have to contain Lamar. How, I'm feeling great about this game. One to ten, what's your confidence level? Me, I'm playing on that like I'm like a seven out of ten confident. I love that like the Ravens won last week and they're riding this crazy high. Like the national media is all over them, Vegas is all over them. I, I love that they're coming off such a big win and such an emotional high win that like I I think we I, I love the position we're in, dude. I think we're be- like the Ravens. I think are gonna have a difficult time uh, playing us because I think that even if you even if we play the Ravens game and they take the lead and that's, this is not ideal, by the way, before we go on real quick, finally coach did what I said in a game where it should be done. And Mike McCarthy took the ball after winning the coin toss, which is exactly what I said. Um, But, uh, and I've said that multiple times. I think this is another week where that should be done. Um, But yeah, I I think that if they're going to try to run the clock out on us, we have the run defense to stop that. If they're going to go run on first down, run on second down, I think it's going to be third and eight, and then we have the pass defense to stop Lamar. I I think that they need to be able to execute, and it's harder to execute in this type of game. You're not playing Washington on the road. You're not playing Denver at home. So so it makes sense, but the the best players on the team need to play their best in this type of game. And I I think Tyreek, you know, he finally got over the hump. He didn't have – his best game. He still put up 99. He's still waiting to put up 100 against the winning team this year, which is crazy to think about. But uh, he he overcame that drop. He won us the game late. And I think that he's going to have a monster game Sunday. I think he's going to go for 200. And, and, I, and I feel really good about this. I think Baltimore is very good. I think we're great. And I think Baltimore has a flaw with, the, with their passing offense. And we don't. I don't think the receivers are that good. And the thing with a team like us, with when you're as well-rounded as we are, when you have a flaw, it makes you relatively one-dimensional. Like, Lamar can throw, and if Lamar, sometimes he's on, and then it becomes a completely different uh, ball game. But I think we're going to get pressure on him, and, and I don't think he's going to be able to do enough in the passing game. I don't think they're going to be able to do enough in the running game to put up as many points as they're going to need to put up uh, with our with our offense out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you anymore. I echo everything you just said. I think Tyreek's having a big game, 100%. He's due against one of these big teams. We're going to need them to win it, need them big to win a game like this on the road. And also, like you were saying before, like make make Lamar pass or make him beat you. I think that's what Dallas's issue is this year. Like they don't have that run game they used to in the past. And like that's why Dax has moments. Like they're relying on him so much now. Like 
it's like obviously you have his moments sometimes like oh this guy's mvp then you have his moments like you did last week like this guy's freaking horrible like you can't rely on that run game you have to play a little out of sorts what you're used to like if we make them do that put the ravens in the uncomfortable like third and long third and medium situations like this could be end up being a long game for them dude i really do think so I think we're a bad matchup. I think we went there last yeah. year. We dropped 42 on them. They scored 38. And I think that was with the worst. That was the whole thing was until Fangio and until Ramsey came back, we had no defense. Like now we've got a defense. Uh, and I think it's, you know, the Ravens are pretty similar to last year. Obviously, I, I think they were missing. Um, they were missing some corners in that game. But I think overall, both teams are pretty much the same. They added Zay Flowers. We added Jalen Ramsey. Um, and I think – and we didn't have Bradley Chubb in that game either. I, I think we've improved more than they have. I still don't even think they're better than the Bengals if Joe Burrow's playing. and That's a great team. But I, I think they've gotten a lot of luck in the draw. Like our division is not very good. But to play five division games against backup quarterbacks, I know they played one against the Browns as backup. Uh, um, both games against the Steelers, get, get, uh, I don't know. You might as well be playing back. Oh, they beat the Bengals week one, I'm pretty sure, with Burrow or week two. So, um, And the one game they played against Deshaun Watson, they lost. So I I, th- I just think we're, we're the better team. And I and I think that, you know, now we, we beat it with no defense last year. I don't think it's going to be different this Sunday. They have a short week coming off a win. We've had an extra time to prepare. Um, you know, it's, this should be us, and I'm fired up. Yeah, I'm super fired up too, man. We both know, like, I agree with you. Like, they've a little bit luck of the draw. And, like, the, the Ravens are so relatively unproven team. Like, Lamar, like, yeah, they haven't won playoff games, but, like, he's also been hurt the last two years in the playoffs. So, like, we'll see. But um, we, but we know, like, this team's not – this Ravens team's not perfect. I think they're beatable. I think we're much better. But, like, this is still – a tough game to win on the road. Like, and this is something this team's going to need to do to take that next step is win a big game on the road like this. Hopefully we don't have to play any road games and that's going to take obviously winning this game, but like, it'll just show a lot about this team and their character going in and winning this game. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think this is different than all the other big games we played except for Dallas, because this is all the other games. Like we said, the Eagles game, was a narratives game like it's like okay at the end of the day if you lose to an nfc opponent in week six week seven it's probably not going to come back to bite you the chiefs was a high stakes game but it was in london it was again it was an october game this is the first time we're we're really seeing this team in a high stakes december football game for the one seed with all their guys yeah like this is if you lose you you lose the one seed and you got to go play for the division next week if you win you clinch a top two seed, and if you're a win, you're a win away from having a bye the next week. And I really think that these guys are ready to rise to the occasion. I, I really do. Yeah, a little different. This is a little, a little not tr- like a huge desperation game, but it's definitely they're, they're they're definitely desperate to win. You have to win a game like this, and a desperate football team's different. But like the Ravens are also desperate to win this game too, like lock up the AFC one seed. So. We'll see, man. A lot on the line this game. It's a lot different than the other games. This is where we wanted to be all season. It seems in a great position right now to do what we've wanted to all year and get that one seat. They're right, they're right there, man. Yeah, we've been talking about it all year. We've thought multiple times we lost it, but uh, here it is right in front of us. And uh, and I love, like you said, I love the fact that they won last week. You know, it's um, both teams, I'm, I'm sure, sense the urgency, but they're not – you know, we're, we're not celebrating the win the way they are. Actually, there right. are videos of us going nuts in the locker room, but that, that was a big-time win for them. Lamar's calling out reporters 
I guess Tyreek's also calling out reporters, so forget it. I'm wrong. Forget I said any of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are running out of time here, so uh, I get a score prediction and a stat prediction for Tua and Tyreek. Yeah, quick quick predictions. 31-26 Dolphins. Um, we got to keep Lamar in the pocket this week, not let him control the game. We got sat, We got to make him a passer, stop the run game. I think we take care of business. Tua this week has a big game. He takes over the MVP race. He throws for 350 and two touchdowns. He has a big game. Um, Tyreek Hill accounts for 150 plus of those, plus another touchdown. So 150 and one from Tyreek and 350 and two from Tua. And a 31-26 Dolphins victory leading to them playing the Buffalo Bills for the one seed in the AFC playing for the bye. I love it. Yeah, would be a great way to start 2024, and I'm Absolutely. looking forward to it. Let's Jeremy. do it. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Fins up. Fins up. That was a good conversation with Jeremy. Always is. Good to see the confidence. He thinks the Dolphins are getting it done this weekend, as do I. I think it's going to be more than one score, and we'll get into that later. We're now going to bring on the Ravens fan of the week to preview the Dolphins-Ravens game this Sunday. Blake Science, welcome to the show. Hey, Frisch, thanks for having me. Excited for the game this weekend. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a great one. So I got to ask, first question, what is more difficult for you, going through life as an individual um, whose last name is a subject that's taught in school or as a fan of a team that employs a running back at quarterback? Um, probably the last name. Um. You know, Lamar's been pretty good. He's about winning second MVP. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say the last name, you know, comes into trouble sometimes. Lamar being a running back only really is a trouble for me when I turn on first take. So, you know, I'd definitely say the name. Um, looking at Lamar this season, he's had a great season. Just played an insane game this past weekend. Didn't turn the ball over like Tua. Might might do, uh, you know, on occasion. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. Look, it's on. I actually thought you guys were going to get waxed by the Niners, um, full dis- disclosure. So, you know, you guys proved me wrong there. I'm on the I'm on the record saying that. So it's not a great look. But uh, look, I think <laughs> I think the the MV- the MVP is going to come down to what happens this week. I think I think if Tua goes into Baltimore and, and, and does what he did last year, I think I think he walks away with the unless I don't know. I mean, the media hates Tua. The media also hates Lamar. I feel like so. I think they are two guys that are hated by the media. But yeah, I think yeah. the award comes down to this week. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like I don't know if the discussion right now is about Tua or about Tyreek more so, you know, it's the same same type of deal as as the Niners with Brock and, and CMC, you know. But I don't know, the, the MVP discourse is confusing to me sometimes, you know. Sometimes it's about stats, then it's not, you know. So we'll see what happens. But I think if you're talking about, you know, a, a valuable player, I mean Lamar is definitely the most valuable, you know. It's a it's an interesting situation when you're the Ravens and you have two Pro Bowl quarterbacks on the roster, right? Um, but, <laughs> but um, no, I mean Lamar. Lamar's been incredible. I think he's playing like his best football. So I'm excited for this weekend. Yeah. I think you know 
when you look at the game this weekend, if you want to just get into it, I mean, Lamar against the Niners, like, I was concerned going into it. I mean, it's like Christmas night in San Francisco, right? Um, the Niners' pass rush is insane. And um, Ronnie Stanley's been a bit vulnerable. But, I mean, Lamar is just, you know, the pass rush gets back there. Lamar just gets out of there, you know, and makes something happen anyways. Look, yeah, it was it was a very impressive game by him. You know, Lamar is – he is a prime-time player. I think that's Dick Vitale's phrase, P.T. Peer. Um, and I, I, actually, I actually was saying I think that the game being at 1 p.m. helps us because I think that we, we have not played well on primetime or just games in the national spotlight in general. Three of our four losses were in um, – or two of them were on prime time, and the other one was when we were in London. So we're on. We, we have a one. We've one loss at one p.m. And I think Lamar is better on prime time. I think, like you know, when it comes to his passing game, I think that he does what he did against the Niners a lot of the time. I also think there's some times where he short hops ten yard passes, and it's just not his day. I feel like those occur more in the 1 p.m. window than they occur on Sunday night and Monday night football. But I don't know. You watch all the games. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he definitely always plays ball in primetime. Um, this particular game, just with it being New Year's Eve, I was happy that it stayed at 1. I mean, if it went to primetime, um, it would have messed up a lot of people's plans. And I don't know if as many people were going to, you know, come to the game because of it. Um so I'm kind of happy that's one just with the weird situation that's New Year's Eve. I think, I don't know, you know, I mean, Lamar's been playing great like every week. Um, and if you look at the whole season, I mean, the games that we've lost have just been fourth quarter collapses, which is kind of a, a multi-year theme with the Ravens. And, you know, the last time, that was probably the last time we played you guys when you guys just demolished us in the fourth quarter and came back and won. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think of it as too much of a factor. I think, uh, it's such a big game anyways that I think, I think we'll come, come and be ready to play. Um, yeah. And I'm just looking, so we've got Raven, we've got the Colts, the, we've got the Colts, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Were those all at 1 PM? I'm trying to, I'm looking right <laughs> now, but no, I'm actually asking. I don't know. I'm, I'm... Um, Colts definitely was Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. I was um, away. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh was definitely 1 p.m. And then, uh, the Browns was 1 p.m. as well. So, yeah, I mean, all 1 p.m. games there. So that does bode. All right. So my theory is that that bodes well for my theory that the 1 p.m. window helps us a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I think, it, I think it's a very exciting game because I thought the Niners were the best team in the league. And there is the, th- there, there is the, um, narrative that not narrative it's a it's a fact Lamar always dominates the NFC teams but I I think that the 49ers have not been super impressive this season to me outside of the Philly game uh which but which was then that that was the type of game where San Francisco had that circled on their calendar you know for over a year and Philly is kind of terrible if we're if we're really being honest um yeah they're charming I did. They are charming. I, I did still think, with that being said, I thought the Niners were the best team in the league. I thought they were the most complete, and you guys demolished them. And, and I think when I when I look around the AFC, I, I think it's us and you guys. And I, I think it's us, but there's not really another team in the AFC that I think is on 
either of our level right now. I think Kansas, I think Kansas City's done. And I think that the Bills suck. They won a couple games. The Bills beat the Eagles, who are terrible now. They beat the Chiefs, who are terrible now. They beat the Chargers practice squad by two. Uh, and I think that's it. I think those are I think those are their three wins that oh, and they beat the Jets. Those are the four wins that has everyone thinking that Buffalo is back. And I don't even know what back means because they've only been past the divisional round one time with Josh Allen. So they're back to losing in the AFC championship if if they reach their heights. But yeah, I, I think this this game I think is for the one seed. And I and I think that's a massive, you know, that that's gonna be a massive advantage. I, I don't know if this will be the last time we see each other. I think it won't be. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised, no matter how this one turns out, if we end up seeing each other in the uh, in the AFC Championship. And I'd agree. I mean, I don't want to play the Bills right now. I think they're playing well, you know. Um, and the Bills are always sneaky, you know. I mean, they have Josh Allen. You know, he's always gonna he's always gonna make something happen. But as far as the NFC goes, I'm just, you know, how how do you how do you measure how good these NFC teams are? Um, the Cowboys, I haven't been, you know, super impressed with how they've been playing. Or the, the Eagles just, you know, they're not the they're not the Eagles this year, that's for sure. And the Niners are a good team. Um but yeah, I mean the Dolphins are the main team that I'm looking at other than other than ourselves as a as a potential Super Bowl team. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna come out of the AFC. Just from what I saw this weekend, again, it's a week to week league, you know, like we you know, you never what Exactly. The, it's so it's the narrative cha- narratives change so quickly, but from what I what I've seen, I watched the Cowboys last two games. They suck. Dak sucks in big games. Like that's I know I was texting you know my Dolphin fan friends, the few of them that I have that were lucky because our offense wasn't playing well. That Dak is garbage and our defense can get a three and out every time. Um, the Cowboys suck. The Eagles suck now. The Niners just got demolished by you guys. So I I'm not and then. And then the records are inflated because those teams are the best in the NFC. So all the teams behind them suck even more. So I think that there's a lot of teams in the AFC that would be 12 win teams in the NFC, um, maybe even undefeated in the NFC. Uh, I think Detroit is actually becoming more of a threat. And not that I would fear playing Detroit. Obviously, you guys wouldn't. Um but yeah. just because every everyone sucks so bad in that conference, so I, I think that th- I think this could be the best two teams in the league playing this Sunday. Yep. Yeah, and you know, just a little more commentary in the NFC when you look at our schedule, we beat in Detroit, we beat the Rams, and now we beat the Niners. And you know, a lot of people, you know, I mean, the Cowboys. People like to talk about the Cowboys, say they're always a great team, but those could be like the three best teams in the NFC right there. Um, oh, I- and then go, go ahead. ahead. No, you. Yeah, and then when you look at the game this week, I mean, I feel like this is probably our biggest challenge of the year so far. Um, but I don't know what the injury report is for. I think Waddle's got a high ankle sprain, right? And I don't know what your uh, O line's looking like if if they're all healthy this week. Yeah, so so let's get into all that. Let's get it. Let's get into the specifics of the game. Um, and quickly, yeah, I, I I completely agree. Those there's people that would say those are the top three teams in the NFC right now. Um. So yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, the Cowboys went zero and two against the Dolphins and Bills. The I mean, you guys waxed the Niners. So I'm not I'm not really sure. You know, who's a threat there? But yeah, so the injury report's interesting. Waddle's got a high ankle sprain. Uh, Austin Jackson should play. He was a backup this past week. Teron Armstead's uh, Teron Armstead's healthy. Obviously, we lost Connor Williams for the year. 
And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've seen reports that Waddle could miss the regular season. McDaniel said he's optimistic about his availability Sunday. Uh, and then you guys are dealing with Kyle Hamilton, obviously. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, the Dolphins, there's a, there's a lot of guys who are questionable, and it's going to be really hard to tell. This is a super important game, obviously. So, you know, you hope that the guys that can go, go. Um, Javon Holland, our safety, has been out for a while, and he's been, you know – He's been week to he's not week not even week to week. He's been maybe gonna play on Sunday on Saturday for three weeks in a row. So maybe we get him back. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think the guys that are out there are gonna play a huge factor. But uh, how do we feel about or how how's Kyle Hamilton's availability looking? Because that's obviously a huge difference maker. Yeah, it looked bad um, on Sunday night at first, but he was walking around and and. Harbaugh said that he's optimistic and it's it's not too serious. Um, but I think it's the same knee that he already injured with the the sprained MCL that he's been playing with. And that that's like huge news for this game, I think. I mean, our defense looks complete, completely different without him. And he he's kind of got his own role in the defense where if he's not in, nobody can really play that role, you know. Um, against the Niners, he was lining up at, at linebacker and, and slot. And I, there's just nobody else that can really do that. Um and you saw it down the stretch. I mean, Darnold came in after uh, Hamilton was out, and and they were playing a little bit better. So, I think that's a huge factor, especially playing the Dolphins. But I think Waddle is is just as big of a factor, you know. Um, so I think those two injuries are the the ones that I'm looking at for kind of shaping the game. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. You know, I think our offense we're still operable. Obviously, your defense is still operable without. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, but it, it's similar in a sense that it's not it's not operable. It's good. Like you guys will have a good defense without Kyle Hamilton. We'll have a good offense without Waddle. But Waddle is the guy that takes us from good to great. We go from having you know the best receiver in the league to having the best receiver in the league, and I got another guy who I stand by is top ten. Um, mm -hmm. And then you got to deal with both of them. And yeah, Kyle Hamilton's the type of guy that changes your defense. It's like Jalen Ramsey for us. You know, we have the number one scoring defense in the league since Ramsey came back and the whole narrative early in the season, because everyone's got to find ways to discredit us in the media was the dolphins don't have a defense. And then, so there's a, there's a few guys like that in the league who completely change what a defense looks like. And, and Kyle Hamilton's definitely one of those guys. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, you look at the dolphins offense without Waddle and you look at the, the options there in the past game, it, it's like Hill, and then past that, I mean, you got Alex Earl's boyfriend. You got um, the white boy Smythe, right? So and yeah, then it's like A chain, you know. After a chain. That, so. Sed Wilson has kind of become Tua's guy. He was a big disappointment last yeah. year, but but he's been coming on a little bit. Tua's throwing like the end zone fades that never work. He's throwing them to Wilson a little. Bit. I wonder how because I want to. I'm actually curious about his. I'm pulling up his game log right now, but um. Yeah, he's got 245 yards and two touchdowns, so that's terrible. But, uh, yeah, he's get, he's getting more targets. He's got 21 targets uh, in his last five games, and uh, he had 10 in his first four. So he's, he's getting a little bit more run. And that was – so that was starting in October. He wasn't, he wasn't even playing. He didn't even play the first three weeks of the season. So, But, yeah, no, I agree. We're thin behind Hill. And it's funny, before the season, I was saying, I was like, you know, do we suck? Because we really don't have anything outside of Hill and Waddle. 
Um, but I think one of the things that's very underrated about the Dolphins team, and I think you're you're going to see this Sunday, is we're way more physical than we're giving credit for. You know, you guys are defensively, you guys are first in sacks. We're second, um, and I think our offensive line, which is obviously banged up, I, I think we have the best t- tackle tandem in the league, which I expect to play this Sunday uh, with Austin Jackson and Teron Armstead. And then our interior, that's where we're banged up. It used to be physical. Uh, I don't think Robert Hunt's going to play, uh, and, and he's our good right guard. Obviously, Connor Williams is out. But even so, like Mostert, who I don't love, uh, he's a fan favorite. I'm one of the few that doesn't love him. Mostert runs hard. I, I think we're a physical team, and, and we can find ways to run the ball, even though you guys have a good run defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the defense is just so balanced right now. I mean, I think still the most sacks in the league. When you run the ball, I mean, you got Roquan and, and Pat Queen in there in the middle. And then the secondary has been deep, too. I think, um, you know, I, I think we'll try to blitz a little bit and get and speed up to us similarly to uh, how we sped up Brock this past this past weekend. And so I think that's yeah, I mean, I think that O-line is really going to be, um, you know, the what we're looking at this week, seeing if they can stop the uh, the pass rush and give Tua some time. Because if Tua has time, I mean, you'll get Tyreek the ball, right? Um, and you'll be, and if they play well, you'll be able to run the ball too. So that's really what I'm looking at, seeing how that O line holds up against us. Yeah, no, that's what it is. I mean, Tyreek, you know, he he opens up the whole field. He forces the linebackers back a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, my my hope is because you guys have a great defense and we've got a great offense. Uh, you guys are you guys number one in scoring? You guys have to be right. Or maybe yeah, it's the I think Niners. So. Yeah, I think one one. I'll check real quick. You guys are one in, or you're either one or two. But uh, my hope is, you know, and we and we know historically, yeah, you guys are one um, ahead yep. of the Chiefs by a lot. You guys are two at two forty four points against the Chiefs are two sixty five. So the difference between one and two is bigger than two is as big as two and five. So, um, you know. I feel like historically number one defenses has won against number one offenses, but I feel like the tide's starting to turn a little bit. And, you know, when you make it, when you make a great offensive play, I think a great offense beats great defense. That's my hope. And the other hope is the type of game it is, you know, you, you, your team plays a completely different style of football game than we play. And that's why I think, as I said, in the Dallas game, you know, Getting the lead early is very important. And last week, finally, a team did what I said they should do in this type of game where Dallas won the coin toss and took the ball. They got to the one-yard line and fumbled because they're awful. But, um, you know, they wanted to set the tone and play with the lead. This is another week where I think whoever wins the coin toss should take a, should take the ball. And I think whoever gets the lead early, um, I, I think, has a very good chance to win the game. Yeah, and I think, you know, historically the criticism – of, you know, our team with Lamar is that we can't play from behind. But I think that has kind of changed, you know, especially with Munkin and new offense. Um, it's a different look. Um, we definitely won't take – I don't think I've ever seen Harbaugh take the ball first, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> I, wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect it on Same our end. Daniel, so. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the game will be shaped early. It's either going to be like a shootout or it's going to be, you know, like 17-14 type of deal. Um, I mean, the Dolphins were moving the ball well against the Cowboys, just couldn't get it into the end zone. 
I mean, it was like, what, five or six field goals for Sanders. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a big thing too. Just, you know, with the Dolphins getting the red zone, can they, can they put it in? Um, you know, Tyreek's going to go off. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens, you know, and it's, you know, the Ravens, I mean, fourth quarter, anything can happen too. So <laughs> we just got to get the lead and, and just keep moving the ball and keep scoring points. Um, but the Dolphins, you guys lost Jalen Phillips, right? On that, yeah, on he, that D line. Yeah, he's been out for I think four weeks now. We've played without him. Yeah, since uh, Black Friday. Yeah, and I mean, I what I was kind of looking at because I was watching the the Cowboys Dolphins game. They kind of made that that Cowboys O line look uh, look pretty trash, you know. And I was I was pretty um, I was pretty impressed with that. And then on the other side of the ball, too, in the trenches, I think uh, what the Cowboys had one sack and, and one hurry the whole game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, because we would come in, we're, you know, we're expecting to play physical and, and uh, people, you know, people would say that the Dolphins are kind of charming and, and they wouldn't want to play like that. But last week they did perfectly fine playing like that. And really they, they beat the hell out of the Cowboys, um, you know, if you look at it. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking no. about it. And, that, and that's what I've been saying. That's why I'm excited for this game because I really think that, look, a lot of people don't watch the Dolphins. A lot of people are just casual fans. You know, they have their own teams and they see the highlight plays to Tyreek and they just make assumptions. Like Colin Coward, and that, that's why he won Clown of the Week this week, was saying the Cowboys have a great pass rush and was listing all the reasons why the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders and the Dolphins, and, and was obviously saying the Dolphins aren't Super Bowl contenders. And he, and he names elite pass rush. Going to the game, the Cowboys are 11th in, in sacks. The Dolphins are second. And that's without – look, every team has I, – I don't think – we've got pro- more guys who are questionable than most teams in the league. But as far as guys that are out for the year, I don't think we're – I think we're relatively healthy. Like, you guys are missing Andrews. We're missing Phillips and Connor Williams. Um, you know, the Niners are missing Hafunga. The Bills are missing Matt Milano and Trey White. So, I think – that's just how it goes. It's football. You know, you're, you're going to lose when, when you have a great team or a roster full of guys who, you know, are, are great at every position. That's the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I said it twice, but uh, when, you, when you've got 15 guys who are very good players who, who are playing all year, you're going to lose one of them for the season. Um, and I think that, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle's filled the role really nicely. Emmanuel Agba, who's out last week, and I don't know if he's going to play this week. Another guy who's questionable has filled the role nicely. Um, but, yeah, like you said, we're way more physical than people think. We're second in sacks in the league. And I saw something this week. I think we're, like, we're in the lower end. Um, and, I, and I should have gotten the exact number. But um, we're, we're in the lower end of blitz percentage in the league. And we get a lot of sacks. And yeah, like you said, like everyone loves the Dallas pass rush, which I think is overrated. I think it's mostly Parsons, but um, yeah, that Dallas is a team everyone looks at. Great O line, great pass rush, and you know we dominated them up front. And it's like, okay, Tyron Smith was out. We were missing three starting line, four starting linemen, and you know Tyron Smith is better than any of the starting linemen that we were missing. But there's five starting linemen, and we were missing four of them. And we were missing our best pass rusher, who obviously he's not coming back. But you know, it's just people like to discredit us. They they love the narrative that we're as Coward says a speedboat, or that you know, or this this or that. And this is 
that's why I'm most excited for this game. You know, it's a big game. It's a, it's got one seed implications. It's got Super Bowl implications. It's got who's the best team in the league implications. But people are going to start to see that, that that we're a physical team after this week. Oh yeah, yeah, and I I don't think the Dolphins have really allowed um, any serious rushing performances in a long time. You know, I saw Brian Robinson had like some pretty good yards per carry, like what like four or five weeks ago. But they got demolished in that game, too. So that's what I was looking at. Also, just seeing if we can run the ball. Um, not too concerned about the pass rush because we got Lamar. But would love to see us be able to run the ball. Just lost Keaton like two weeks ago, too, yeah. which really takes out some of the versatility in the run game, you know, getting outside. So it's just going to have to be Gus, you know. Gus getting between <laughs> the tackles, making something happen. Yeah, I mean, and I'll yeah, and obviously in a game like this, so so we're fifth in rushing yards allowed. Um, you know, you have to contain Lamar. And I think the Dolphins so, – so this is going to be – I guess it's going to be the, fir- uh, the third coordinator Lamar's played against with the Dolphins. Um, we played in 2021, and that was the start of our win streak. That was the Brian Flores zero blitz game. Um, and then the next year – Last year, you guys, I mean, we won, but you guys dropped 38. So great performance by Lamar that week. And that was Josh Boyer, the worst defensive coordinator I've ever seen. So this is fan. So this is, you know, it's Lamar's third time playing the Dolphins in three years, but it's also our third defense, which I think is our best defense. Um, Florida's defense was very good too, but, but I think this one is our most talented defense that we've had. Um, but, yeah, I think the key is it's it's going to be interesting to see how you guys run between the tackles. David Long's a great run stopper. And even Duke Riley, who's our backup filling in for Baker for the next couple weeks, um, you know, he's a backup. He's played well. He, I, I think he's 14th graded by PFF, which I don't put much stock into. But um, I, I don't think he's a great run stopper by any means. I'd love to have Baker in there instead. Um, but I, I think it's, it, it's going to be interesting. But it, it's going to be – they have to keep Lamar in the pocket, and that's any t- team that plays you guys. It's if you if you can't keep Lamar in the pocket, it's gonna be a very long day. Yeah, yeah. So and you know we'll see. It's a brand new. You guys have a brand new defense. We have a brand new offensive coordinator this year, who's pretty much completely. You know, I mean the offense is is very different. Um, you know, I feel like the gripe in the past was that it was super one dimensional. Uh, they just run the hell out of the ball and just see what happens. And then they get behind, and it's just, you know, all right, we're going to abandon the run. We're going to go five wide and, and see if, you know, Lamar can just make something happen that way. But now it's a lot more creative. You know, if we can't run the ball, I'm sure we'll see some screen passes out to Zay. Um, you know, likely stepped up big. So I think, you know, I mean, I think it's, you know, on the same, you know, I said that it was a balanced defense. It's a balanced offense too now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the idea is just to move the ball you know, score like 24 to 30 points and hope that, uh, you know, assuming that, that Waddle can't go with the high ankle sprain, uh, hopefully containing uh, the Dolphins a bit and, uh, you know, just outscoring them, you know, letting the defense work. I think Tyreek will get 100, but uh, just got to let that defense go to work. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those deals where it's very hard to stop Tyreek. And, you know, the thing is, I, I think last week was very good for us where they, we just needed to get over the hump, even though, you know, I didn't really buy into the narrative that Dolphins can't beat a good team. We, we won our – the last game, whatever it was, however many days it was, 
the last time we played a team above 500 at home, uh, we won the game. So this was our first game since that game um, of week three in last year, and we won. And, um, you know, the teams we were losing to were not the, you know, L.A. Rams, who, I mean, now they're playing great and you guys beat them. But we weren't losing to eight and seven teams. We were, we were losing to the Chiefs, the Eagles on the road, the Bills on the road, the – LA Chargers on the road was our easiest game out of all the teams we lost to. And last year they were a playoff team. We went to the West coast. Uh, it's not an easy game. Um, but I, I think it was good to get over the hump. But the thing I pointed out was that Tyreek has sucked in all those games. He never had a hundred yards in any of those games. He had 99 last week. And the second play of the game Tua gets cracked by Parsons. throws a 50 yard dot that hits him in the hands, which should be a 95 yard touchdown. And he drops it. Um, so I think that, He's the key, and I and I would say nobody is talking about this. We suck in big games because our best player is sucked in big games. And I think that this week there's going to be – if Waddle is not out there, there's going to be a lot on Tyreek. And he's just a guy that if he's on, he's going to get 100 yards at least. Um, But I think A-Chain's going to be a key. If, if Waddle's not out there, you know, A-Chain's been a monster. And he has – you know, he's been banged up. He's small, but – if he can get going, that makes us very hard to stop because then you're dealing with a running back who's got great speed uh, going east to west, and then you're going dealing with Tyreek going vertical. Um, and, yeah, so I think A-Chain could be a key if Waddle's not playing. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, Tyreek, I guess, is going to have a full week of practice this week. You know, I was looking at last week. I think he practiced like once in the last two weeks before that Cowboys game. So kind of expecting Tyreek to, to roll back into form a little bit. And then, yeah, I think A-Chain, if Waddle can't go, is the X factor, you know. And if uh, Hamilton can go, I'm not too concerned about it. But if Hamilton can, it's going to be a lot of pressure on uh, on Pat Queen there, just getting out to A-Chain in the, in the flat and someone just making the tackle, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, we've got a lot of guys who are difficult to tackle in the overfield. That's what football is at the end of the day. It's blocking and tackling. And I think we've got two teams that can block and we've got two teams that can tackle. And there's – you know, who's who's some guys on the Ravens that, you know, we we've got guys, Zach Sealer's more known now. Um, but for a couple of years he's been playing great. No one really knew about him. Cater Kohu is another guy who's playing good football. Not many people that aren't Dolphin fans know about him. Who are some key guys on the Ravens who casuals, which is way more people than they'd like to admit, um, that they should be worried about um this Sunday for the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, I mean if you kind of go through the defense here, if you look up front, Matt Abuike has been insane. I think he leads the league in sacks, right? And uh, he's kind of – he's just – I mean, he's stepped up in an insane way. We have Owe up there. And Jadavion Clowney has been, been back to form, you know? Um, and then you move back to the linebackers. Obviously, it's Roquan and Pat Queen. And then the secondary, I think people don't realize how deep our secondary is this year. Uh, we have Ronald Darby. He's been playing great next to um, Marlowe. Obviously, Kyle Hamilton back there. Geno Stone was great the early half of the year, but hasn't gotten on the field too much. And then Brandon Stevens has also been a guy that's um, stepped up in the secondary. You know, he can play some safety. He's playing corner, and he's playing well. And then we have Arthur, Arthur Millette behind him, who's also been playing great. So, I mean, it's just a lot of guys whose names you wouldn't really know. Um, if you're just watching Red Zone or if you're just not really tuning in to 60 minutes of Ravens football, um, who are going to make some plays and make some big tackles. 
Um, I think Marcus Williams back in the at safety has been the big disappointment for us. He's the guy where if you turn on a Ravens game, you'd expect him to, to you know, be an X factor type of guy and and make some big plays. And he did last week. He closed the game out against the Niners, but he uh, he tore up his pec in the in the beginning of the year. So he's a guy where you know he hasn't been too great tackling, which you might see uh, if Tyreek gets behind the defense. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's funny. I think that uh, I hope that Waddle and, and Hamilton both play. Um, if I had to choose one to play, obviously I would choose Waddle. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm lo- just looking at the depth chart too. You guys have some guys on defense, man. So it's gonna be uh it's gonna it's gonna be a very exciting game. And I and I think that the narratives are. I think you guys would like to show that. You know, you guys could – I mean, everyone's – after seeing what you guys did to the Niners, there's really no negative narratives about the Ravens now except for the ones that I'm that I'm speaking of. Um, but I, I feel like the mainstream media, they're not fans of Tua. They're sometimes fans of Lamar every once in a while. Um, like right now they are. Um, I think we're, we're two teams that are generally not liked by the media. Now, you guys beat the Niners, so they can't really say anything. It's more Lamar, I feel like, gets disrespected. And I, I don't think he's a great passer, but I think he's a better passer than people think. Uh, I think they've never given him weapons, even though they've tried. Even though this year he probably has his best weapons. And like you said, likely stepped up. Um, and, you know, they went and got Odell. I'd like to see him get him like a, you know, like a real, real number one guy, uh, which obviously you guys hope Zay Flowers can become. Um, yeah. But I think it's it. So I, if we win, they... If you win, you guys are the best in the league. If I if we win, they have to say we're the best in the league. Like, who are they going to say is better than us? If if we get it done, maybe Buffalo. I mean, that's that's probably what they'll say. Oh yeah, but, no, it's definitely a it's definitely a one versus two type of type of matchup here. Yeah, and I and I think when it comes to how the game is played, I think you guys, like you said, you guys have been better at coming back. But I think the game. In, in the ideal world for you guys is you guys go on a nine minute drive score and then seven nothing and then we punt it back to you and then you guys go on another eight minute drive and you guys are up ten or fourteen points with eight minutes in the second quarter and we're just getting our second drive of the game going. Uh, I think that's your that's the type of game you you guys would like to be in. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I mean, I think we want to avoid a shootout. I think we could win in a shootout. I mean, I think. You know, the, the offense has been great. Um, Lamar, you know, Lamar can move the ball down the field against anybody, you know. And you like to say, oh, you got a running back at QB. But that, that is the, you know, that is the X factor. You know, a lot of – I feel like there's a lot of quarterbacks who, you know, everybody pays so much money for pass rushers. They get into the backfield and really disrupt the game. But with Lamar, you get those pass rushers in the backfield and that's just time for him to make something happen, you know. Like when you're a Ravens fan, you get excited when you see those pass rushers coming back and, and Lamar's rolling out because that's when we make big plays. So that's I think, you know, it's just a different type of team. I don't think there's any offense in the league that that really plays like us. And obviously no quarterback that plays like Lamar. Yeah, I mean, you've got Justin Fields out there who is a if you were to take away all of Lamar's passing ability and uh, make him a little bit yeah. less athletic, then you'd get. So you've got Justin Fields trying to do what Lamar does, but uh, does it at a very low level. He might be the worst quarterback um, I've ever seen that's had three years to start. But uh, actually, no, Daniel Jones. But um, but he doesn't. Daniel Jones just doesn't really count. He's like not really a quarterback. Neither is Justin Fields. Neither of them are actual 
actual quarterbacks. But yeah, I mean, three three weeks ago, obviously, I was rooting for the Rams against you guys. You guys want to shoot out, and we won ugly this week. So you know, I think, and that's what great teams do is. You know, they have the game that they would like to be in. Like, we want to turn it into a track meet. You guys want to turn it into a um, an ugly game. But we can win an ugly game and, and have, and you guys can win a track meet and have. And, you know, this, again, like, it can't be overstated. This is this is, this is is the stuff we live for. This is the type of game that, that you want to see in Week 17. I mean, you've seen more of them than I have, but this is freaking awesome. This is a huge Week 17 matchup. And I'm ready to I'm ready to teleport right now to Sunday at 1 p.m. and see the result. Oh yeah, I mean, in my opinion, this is probably the best um, Ravens team we've ever had since since I can remember. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm just excited. Think if we can get back there, the I think you know both teams can counter everything, right? Because they're yeah. they're two great football teams. But I think uh, that kryptonite for the Dolphins might be just getting back there and and getting some pressure on two and speeding them up. You know, I think that's going to be the X factor to the game. Excited for, for uh, the game, no matter what, you know, I think win or lose for both teams, there's going to be, uh, there's most likely going to be another, another, another uh, version of the game coming up in a couple weeks. Um, I'm just hoping that we win and get that one seed so I can watch some, some home games for us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I hope the next time we, we meet it's, a, it's in Miami, that would be ideal. Um, yep. but, uh, yeah. And, and with the two of throwing, I mean, it's interesting. So, and we are running out of time here, so I'm going to ask you for the score prediction, uh, after this, but yeah, yep. two. So that's a, a lot of people say that like speed to up two is the fastest time to throw in the league. Uh, and people were, were saying this week that it might actually be a detriment where, where there's not really a point in blitzing. And obviously you know, you're one of the you're you're one of the teams that can get pressure without blitzing. So it's not it does it doesn't matter that much. But it's like if you blitz six guys, you can't get to the quarterback in two seconds. Um, and that's what how long I think two is time to throw is like two point two. Um, so it, it doesn't really help. But yeah, and that's a, I think you, both teams have to be able to get pressure with four. Both teams have, but um, yeah, no, very very exciting matchup. Yep. Uh, all right, yeah, we're running out of time here, so uh, can we get a score prediction for this week and, and maybe some stats for Tua and Lamar? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, score prediction, I'll go. I'm taking 27-23 Ravens. You know, get a couple stops, um, force the force, force the Finns to to go for some field goals and maybe get a turnover or two to keep them at the 23. Um, stats, Lamar, I'll go. Uh, I'll go 80 on the ground for Lamar. I'll go uh I'll go two Gus Edwards touchdowns. That's what that's what I'm saying on the Ravens end. Mm. Interesting. So yeah, you've got you've got you think you're gonna get a lot done in the run game, clearly. You know, I mean, I think uh Lamar gets out of the pocket, makes some things happen. I think uh we get down to the goal line, Gus is gonna get it in there, just you know, just get the big unit in there, get Gus in. All right, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Blake Science, thank you for coming on. It was great to have you. Thanks, Rich. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. You too. That was a good conversation, you know. I wish these conversations got more heated. I tried to set the tone by calling Lamar running back early. Maybe it's my fault, okay? I need to be more – I need to be meaner to whoever the fans of the opposing teams are. 
But at the same time, it is kind of difficult. The Ravens did have maybe the most impressive win of the season this year uh, in front of the entire country on Monday night. So, yeah, it's a little bit difficult to make all those statements and call Lamar a running back when he had the type of game that he did. But I will be better in the future about these types of games. Uh, look, this is another huge game, and this is what it is. The easy games are over. It's December. It's about to be January. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to you and your families that listen to the show. And we, we appreciate the listeners. Um, this game is – I'm not afraid of playing the Bills for the division next week, but I want the one seed. We've been talking about the one seed all year, and we need to go out and get it this week. Playing the AFC Championship in Miami is a whole different ball game than playing in Baltimore. And I think we can beat Baltimore anywhere. We can beat them in Baltimore. We can beat them on Mars. We we can beat them in I don't even know Kazakhstan if that's where if that's where they're going to play the game. But I, I, I'm very confident about this Sunday. I'm very confident in this team being top ten in pretty much every important phase of the game. Passing offense, rushing offense, passing, rushing defense. So I, I think this is the most complete team in the league. I think this is a Super Bowl team. And, and I think this weekend they're going to dominate. I don't think I've predicted a one-score game. And I am not going to predict a one-score game this weekend. I think the Dolphins get it done 27-10 to 10 by three possessions. And I think Tyreek Hill eclipses 200 yards. I think that's what's going to happen. And Tua should be the MVP after this Sunday. Maybe he won't because the media hates him. But and I think Pete Prisco, by the way, um, big Dolphin hater, big Tua hater. I think he is a vote. So those are the type of people that are going to be voting. That's the reason why Tua might not win MVP. But I I do think we're going to see a very impressive performance on both sides of the ball. I think we got over the hump of beating a winning team, which we needed to get over. It was a little, you know, the narrative was sort of inflated by the media. But I think it the team started getting their own heads and they finally got it done. And I I think they're feeling really good about themselves. I think the Ravens are feeling themselves. They think they had an impressive victory. And I think McDaniel, by the, by the time the Ravens were celebrating the Niners win, the Dolphins had already been focused on the Ravens and moved on from beating the Cowboys. So the prediction is 27-10. I think that the Dolphins clinched the AFC East this weekend and are one win away from being the one seed and clinching that first round by and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. To those of you who made it all the way to the end, I know these podcasts are getting longer and we appreciate anyone that listens to the whole thing. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, fins up.